Conversations with gospel artists, pastors Our faith is what got us through all the troubles and disasters Indeed we fell short, but the Lord never passed us Our belief in God is the most important factor It's the Velika B Project You're now tuned in to the Velika B Project With your host, Velika B Lover of God, founder and CEO of Set Apart and Chosen Sit back and relax and enjoy the conversation. Hello, 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 Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and radio family. Let's not forget about podcast family. All of the families, come on in. We are excited about this interview. And actually, I'm not going to say it's our last interview, but it's the last interview for right now. <laughs> we have Brother Chris back on. So if you're watching now, you're watching the rebroadcast. Come on in. Come on in. We are live, live, all the way live and excited about this interview on tonight. So as you're coming in, give me a shout out where you're logging in from, and I will go over here to Facebook and share as well. So do me a favor, guys. Make sure you are sharing as well. And I will bring in Chris in just a second. Chris, I'm going to bring you in just a second. I just want to go ahead and share it over to my um, Velika B pages and a couple of different pages. So guys, as you're coming in, let me know where you're logging in from. Please and thank you. Greatly appreciate it. Where are you logging in from on tonight? Tonight is going to be a good night. So if you guys have any questions, hey, Carolyn, if you have any questions for myself or Chris, please um, just put them in the notes. I'm going to bring you on, Chris. Hold on. Bring you on. Hey, Chris. Hey, how you doing? Glad to be here again. Look, I hope you was over there sharing just like I'm sharing. <laughs> awesome. Hold on. Share this real quick. What's up, Bishop in Memphis, Tennessee? How are you? Bishop, are you in a place where we can add you on? I would like to have a, um, a spiritual counselor on here as well. Bishop, are you in a place that I can bring you on? Um, Chris, introduce yourself really quick. Hey, um, Dallas, what's going on? Go ahead, Chris, please, and thank you. Chris Matthews, licensed marriage and family therapist and relationship coach. Coming to you guys out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Awesome. And how long have you and your wife been married? So my wife and I have been married 13 years, together 16 years. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. So we are excited about tonight's broadcast, and I have a couple of questions for Chris, as usual. So we're going to talk about a little relationship. If anybody want to have um, to jump on and ask Chris a, Chris a question as well, please let me know in the chat. And also, too, um, I can bring you on as well. How long have, let me see what it's saying. How long have you, hey? For my daughter, she lost her. She lost her cousin. Pray. Okay. Carolyn, I'm going to write that down. Pray for your daughter. Hey, Ronnie, what's up? All right, Charles, let me know when you're ready to jump on. Ronnie, are you ready to jump on tonight with Chris as well? Myself and Chris, live, live, all the way live. <laughs> Carolyn, I'm writing that down. Carolyn. All right. So, Chris, my first question with you tonight is. Let's see. All right. Can you share your thoughts on love? Do you hold on? First of all, do you think love is overrated? Let's ask that question real quick. Do you think love is overrated? 
<laughs> now, love, love is not love is never overrated. Okay. And and I'll share that the love is really about the actions that you present to yourself first and foremost, and then next the actions you present to someone who you care about. So love isn't just a feeling. Love is about being able to express yourself. And I really believe in the the fact that love is something we we earn and it's given. And you have different types of love. Unconditional love is something that a lot of people enter relationships with the mentality of. But you know, I'm I'm very real in the sense that if love was unconditional in marriages, then you wouldn't have divorce. So I believe that love is something that does have a condition. The condition of if your partner cheats on you or if your partner's not treating you right, you should love yourself enough to not stay in that situation. So I do believe in love. I believe that it's something that's manifested and managed, not just something that you just give and, and not have expectations around. But can a marriage or a relationship be built off of 100% just love? I believe that a relationship needs love to flourish. And when you think about like biblical verses, love is kind, love is patient. I believe love is a mixture of a lot of different behaviors and it's a lot of different actions. And I think that love is something that grows. I think about how like concrete hardens over the course of his lifetime. When you lay your driveway, the concrete is constantly hardening. Love should be constantly spreading it throughout the relationship and marriage. So if you build just on love, then there have to be some boundaries and parameters in place to sustain and grow that love. And I believe if you're not growing in love, then you're going to be dying in other areas of your relationship. But <laughs> y'all don't get me. Okay. <laughs> I'm just being real truthful right now. But love can't pay them bills. I agree with you. I think that once again, when we talk about self-love, if you if you love yourself enough to develop a relationship that's going to be give and take, ebb and flow, then you want to look at what providing is about. I, I was in session today with a couple, and the gentleman that that was I was with, he doesn't make nearly as much money as his wife, mm-hmm. but he does have a career, he does have a job, and he contributes financially for what he makes. And he also contributes in other ways as well. Mm-hmm. So if he was to lose the job, it wouldn't be about the money. It would be about his ability to provide other types of sentiments to that relationship. And if you think about a relationship, isn't it designed to have more than what you have by yourself? So I think that marriage, relationships, dating, courtship, it's about being able to have an increase in numbers. Strength in numbers. So you could be bad. Like I think what Medea said, you can be bad all by yourself. Why not allow yourself to find somebody that's going to contribute and bring something into the relationship? I, I think now these, these, and it's not me, y'all. So don't come for me again, like for real. I think a lot of situations with marriages today are more like a business. It's almost like a business, a business decision or a business arrangement or agreement. That, to me, I have saw a lot of that here lately. 
So this is good for my brand. <laughs> She's good for my brand or he's good for my brand or, you know, that type of thing. So have you saw some of that in your practice where it was good for the brand until the brand started going down the toilet? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, yeah. So so I see in my practice is it's, it's good for the wallet over is good for the brand. And maybe that's one and the same. Yeah. And I see that when when couples want to dissolve a relationship, mm-hmm. that's really at the forefront of their mind. I have a lot of people who come into the relationship and they may have been providing for themselves and they might have stopped working or their situation changed. And then they describe being caught in a prison or like they're in a prison. Well, if I leave this person, then I won't have the lifestyle. So I'm going to put up with whatever it is so I can sustain the lifestyle. And, and and that's what I usually see in my practice. People who don't want to divorce, separate, or or let the relationship go because either one, it's going to cost them a lot. There are a lot of people who say, um, well, I don't want to divorce my partner because I have to pay half of my money out. To right. So I'd rather be miserable. Or the other person says, I don't want to divorce my partner because I would have to figure out a way to work and get a job. And I don't want to not have the afforded lifestyle that I had when I was with them. So do you think, I'm not going to ask you, do you think this? Well, yeah. So now, like back in the day when we were coming up as little kids, we never really heard of anything like a prenup before you married. Um, but now even normal people, not normal people, people that don't have millions of dollars, they um, they get prenups um, and it's like an agreement. And a lot of people say, well, no, I think that's setting yourself up for failure. No, honestly, I agree with it. Like for real, it's, it's not setting yourself up for failure, but it's setting parameters for things that may happen later on. Not saying that you don't trust the person you with or this and that going to happen. It's almost like an insurance type of thing. So What's your feel or what's your take on that? Well, you, you're exactly right. When, when you buy a house, do you have insurance on your home? Yeah. It's mandated to have insurance on your home. When you buy a car, do you have car insurance? You don't yeah. buy car insurance with the hope that you're going to get an accident. Yeah. When you look at marriage rates, a lot of marriages end in divorce. Yeah. So I don't use the word prenup, I use it as a premarital agreement or premarital arrangement. Uh-huh. So you go through that arrangement when you are at the height of your love or the height of your connection, which is usually at the beginning. Uh-huh. So have that arrangement in place when everything's good, because when things turn south and people decide to break up, that's the worst time to start talking about divvying up assets because you then have emotions involved. So if you can work on establishing that insurance policy in the hopes that you never need it, doing that at the beginning is a lot easier than doing that in the midst of emotions and trauma and hurts and other things. Right. Right. So um, the next question, and I was going to have a twist with my questions. So the next question is like, do you think that love at first sight exists or is it less at first sight? I believe attraction at first sight exists. I was completely attracted to my wife when I first met her. And I write in, in my book that it wasn't that flutter, oh my gosh, I love you, instant feeling. It was more of a comfort. Mm-hmm. I think I wrote about how when I met my wife, it was like the hands of God coming down on my shoulders and just providing me a comfort. 
And I believe we shouldn't look for the excitement. We should look for the comfort. We should look for the connection. Relationships should be easy. I, I share all the time. I think that's the best compliment I provide my wife. I, I, ask, I tell her every day, thank you for making my life easier, not harder. Mm-hmm. Thank you for providing me that comfort. My nickname for my wife is home. Like she, she's home. Mm-hmm. You know, when you think about going home, you take your shoes off, you, you plop down in your favorite chair. It's a comfort. And you want to see that manifest in your marriage. It should be comfortable. It should be easy. It should be hard. Right. Right. You see the question that you see what mm-hmm. Ronnie asked? Yeah, Ronnie asked. For me, it, it was watching my parents for over 24 years. And then after my mom passed away, my wife and I watched her grandparents were there and it taught us what what and how a marriage is supposed to go. And I should say, this is why we have been married 16 years. Our elders helped us. Ronnie, I agree with you. I've, I've got the privilege of watching my great uncle and I who were married for 65 years, my grandfather and grandmother who were married for 50 years. So Ronnie's exactly right. When you have those good examples of marriage, it can be something you can translate into your own relationship. Unfortunately, a lot of the couples that I counsel, they may not have had those examples. They may not have known a father or a mother and they they grew up in a single parent household or a father or mother might have had a tumultuous or violent dating or marriage experience. So for those partners that don't have those positive experiences, I strongly suggest premarital counseling so you can take time to process what you and your partner believe a marriage should be. Most time people go into marriage with no expectations. And I believe if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Right. That's good. That's good. All right. So this is a good question, too. How long should couples date before they get married? I believe that you should date as long as it takes to be introduced to your real partner and move past the representative. So for some, it could be multiple years. For others, it could be months. I don't believe there's a certain time frame. It also depends on what stage of life you're in. If you've already been married, the children are older, and you're rekindling a flame with a, with a, with a prior relationship or friendship, then you already have a history. So you might get married sooner. If it's someone brand new, I would suggest give it enough time to allow a couple of cycles to manifest. And I say cycles from the sense of you want to be able to acknowledge that person on their best days, their, 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 their bad days. So having as many experiences as possible you could create with that individual would be the length of time needed before getting married. And, you know, to me, the longer, the longer it takes, sometimes it's weeding out the, the true person too. Because sometimes we come in with a mask on um, and we're not really showing 100% who we really are. Because it's like mm-hmm. sometimes in a marriage, you can be in a marriage like, oh, he wasn't the person I was dating before my marriage and he changed. No, sis, that person always been there. We were mm-hmm. so quick to want to get married real fast or just quick. And we kind of ignored some red flags that were there and the different things like that. So, um, yeah. So, so I'm, I'm, and you make a good point, religion. I'm gonna give you an analogy. When you start a job, the first ninety days, what do they call that first ninety days? Like a probationary wow, period, probation. right? Mm-hmm. So, in your relationship, you need to have probationary periods. You need to have graduation levels. That probationary period in that first ninety days, if that individual identifies, for example, a substance use issue, and you know based on your history, you don't want 
to marry someone that's in recovery or has a substance abuse issue and they presented that, get out. If that person presents a history of being unfaithful and you start to see little triggers or signs, get out. What happens really with people is you get comfortable with a person, you start being intimate with them, you start connecting with them, and it's like quicksand. The longer you're in the relationship, the harder it is to get out. So be able to get out sooner and not ignoring your red flags is going to be huge. And I also think that we should just honestly be honest um, in the beginning, um, all the way throughout the courtship. The reason being because, uh, and it's so funny because sometimes my husband like, I remember when we was dating, I used to get off work on Sundays, used to have my meal cooked and used to do this. And he said, I'm like, yeah, I was trying to get you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, really mean. like I, I used to enjoy football games with him. I'm like, yeah, I can't stand football. Like, seriously. So, yeah, hold that. Let's see what um, let me see what Runny has real quick. I trust Runny. I'm just gonna pop it up. So, you, you see Runny question? Well, my question would be: Shouldn't the church, meaning the body and the believers, take those that come? from single parent homes and abusive homes under their wing and show them the example of what a godly marriage is. Friday, I, I agree with you. I believe that the church is, is one of the reasons why I fell in love with my wife. She was strongly invested in the ministry, still is. She was in the choir when I met her. She led Bible studies. So the church is a great platform when it comes to helping people connect in a godly fashion. And she, she was raised in um, you know, a, a, a one parent home as well. So that church environment and community did give her those things that I actually love and endear in her today. At the same time, though, for those that may not have good church examples, we don't want to make the assumption that all churches are positive and have, you know, the, the right skills and, and insight to provide to a person either. If you're fortunate and blessed enough to be in a strong, healthy church environment, great. But sometimes we forget churches are still a concoction of people and we're all flawed in some capacity. Right. Ronnie, which part did you um, disagree with? Let me know so I can um, so we can address it. Yeah. Um, even with churches, like the people that's in churches are human as well. So yeah. definitely you want to stay prayed up, um, build your relationship up with God um, because a lot of times, even the conversations that people have may not be the correct one or that's their beliefs or their opinions at the time. So you want to make sure you have a, a healthy relationship with your, your mate and also um, with God as well. So that's just my take on that. And a lot of times I have to keep, I'm not trying to be funny, keep folks out your business, keep folks out your marriage. Yeah, that's huge. Keep folks that out is, your marriage, your opinions, whatever. Like sometimes y'all opinions just jacked up. But that, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, only two people that got to be in a relationship is you and your partner. So right. when you invite other people in, they don't have to. They don't have the benefits or the consequences of the relationship. Right. Hold on. Let's see. Uh, the part of the partner showing themselves as alcoholics, or drug abuse, or cheaters get out. We didn't say that, did we? We didn't say that. We talked about it a little bit. That is important to get out. But I feel like, Malika, you said something earlier is very important. If a person desires love for someone else more than they desire to be, to, desire to love themselves, then it's going to be easy to allow someone to come in because at the end of the day, you have to be able to be comfortable with you. Right. And if you're seeking someone to fix, 
a lot of times in my practice, I'll see couples that develop a relationship because they thought or had this impression they were going to fix the person or make them someone out, make them to be someone else who they're not. Right. So allow that individual to be true and be- believe them. Believe a partner when they show you something up front. Right. Believe them. Don't don't attempt to see the best all the time. And I and I have that's one of my flaws. I see the best in all people. Right. You know, and 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 my wife is there to help guide me because I have a given heart and I may have the ability to to to, to see the good so much that I can miss what's right in front of me. Right. Right. And also too, Ronnie, um, with that being said, I have a, um, I have a marketing business. So a lot of times if I'm working with a client and if I see I'm more passionate about their business, I decline that client. Let me tell you why, because I'm going to put so much effort, even though they're paying me so much effort and energy into their business and they're not going to do the same as well. So if I'm loving or have more passion about your business, then to me, that's a problem. That's the same thing with a relationship. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I was married before and I was um, like straight out of high school, married before, and I ended up marrying. And I saw signs, um, but I ignored signs. Um, one of the signs were like, dude, I always smell like smoke. So then he was like, you know, I smoke weed every now and again. I'm like, oh, okay. I don't smoke. So I don't know. I don't know. At back then, I didn't know how how marijuana smelled, to be honest with you. And then as time went by, I know that he couldn't keep a job or he would drop me off at my job and drive my car. And I'm like, huh. Or like he claimed he was working while he was dropping me off and the light bill needed to be paid. So the light bill needed to be paid. I'm thinking it was paid. Then, you you know, you lights up like what happened to the money? Then you go to your account and be negative because you don't draw all the money out of the account. So then I found out that he was on crack. So I was like, you know, I can fix him. He never had anybody love him like I have loved him and I can fix the situation. I can do this and I can do that. That was not the case because I was loving him more than he was loving himself. That goes back to that, too. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So if somebody's loving you more than you love this, your love yourself. That's a problem to me. That's a problem. So I can fix something. God, only person that can fix this at this time is God and that person. I couldn't fix it. And the more I tried to fix it, the more it drained me, the more it made me sick. Um, just I was looking just as worse as he was looking because I was just so stressed out. So I get what you're saying with that, Chris. That part. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for sharing that too. I mean, that was pretty vulnerable in the moment to be able to express that. And it means that you've done your own work to be comfortable. Absolutely. I'm I'm so over over that. (laughs) It was so long. So, yeah, I can talk (laughs) about it today, but back in the day, I couldn't talk about it, but now I can. So, yeah, I'm good. I'm good on that one. Let's see. Okay. How do couples learn how to come together after marriage? So, the biggest piece is to realize that this isn't a destination. Like marriage isn't the, the storybook ending. Marriage is actually the beginning. Uh-huh. And when you date, that's the preface that sets up the beginning. So the way you continue to come together after marriage is, I use the analogy around the movie, it's called Groundhog Day. Every day the character wakes up and the day starts over. Uh-huh. That's how I approach my marriage. I don't. I don't take a ledger of every time I do something nice for my wife, every day I'm seeking and desiring to please her. And every day she's seeking and desiring to please me. So I believe the way you continue to sustain that love after you get married 
is to have that reset button in your mind. Mm-hmm. Wake up every day for those that are listening and ask yourself the question, how can I love my spouse better today than I loved them yesterday? Mm. That's good. That's good. That's good. Um, we hear of couples who just fall out of love. How and why does that happen? Is it because they got too busy? <laughs> the, the same way, the same way I fell out of my waist size that I had 10 years ago. <laughs> right? You can fall out of love, right? Um, so, you know, I, I'm joking, but I'm serious in the sense that if you don't continue to exercise and eat right, over time, you're going to gain weight. Well, the opposite happens. If you don't continue to spend time together, confide and open up with each other, if you don't continue to do the things that got you close together, if you don't continue to do the things like every now and again, sit down and watch football with your man, even though you don't want to, or make sure that they have a plate ready to go, then if that happens over time, you can build up and the partner realizes, hold on, this ain't what I signed up for. (laughs) So that would be my my statement on that. Continue to do those little things that got y'all together. Right. All right. Is there... Is there a certain time frame for true commitment to happen? I believe that commitment happens from day one. And I say, and and I'll explain that. When I met my wife, I committed for that moment, for that day. And then I committed for the next day. Then I committed for the next day. So commitment is a combination of multiple days where you strung together commitment. And I recall, and I write about this in my book too, I shared with my wife, I said, hey, Let's make today a day of commitment where we have some things we put in play. I'm not going to sleep or mess with anybody else. Mm -hmm. I'm only going to be interested in you. And let's build a house together and let's start with the foundation. Right. And when we would have tiffs or moments of disagreements, we use those as bricks to continue to build that house on the foundation that we set forth. Right. Okay. Cool, 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 cool. Does anyone else have any other questions? Any other questions before we get off this call, this show, where we're going tonight? Again. <laughs> any other questions? Is there anything else you want to um, bring up right now, Chris? I just like those that are listening to to understand that you're doing the best you can with what you have, and what you have may have been examples that you came into the relationship with. And just remember that be kind. And be genuine and remember love is a journey, not a destination. Awesome, awesome. Um, let everybody know how they can follow you real quick. You can follow me on Instagram at relationship counseling tools, also on YouTube, relationship counseling tools, or my personal website, chrisamatthews.com. Awesome. Well, we appreciate you. Like I said, this should have been the last week for us, but I don't think it's going to be the last week for us. No, I think I'll be back. Yeah, I think we're going to do some more things together. So um, I do appreciate you guys. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Make sure you download the Set Apart and Chosen app, which is free, free, free. Um, You can also go to any app store or excuse me, podcast store and download this broadcast or any other past broadcast as well. So um, we do appreciate you so much. And Chris, make sure you stand the line with me. So thank you guys for um, supporting the Belika B project here on set apart and chosen and God bless you. And we will see you soon. God bless. Bye-bye. 
this episode of the Velika B Project with your host, Velika B. Until next time we meet, be blessed. The Velika